My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today our theme is Be Realistic, Believe in Miracles and Magic. I'm talking to Diana Arlette today. She's a life coach and holistic therapist and also a public policy writer. And um, we're going to talk today about how her journey to um, kind of finding holistic therapies that helped her heal her own health problems and find her ideal life, um, questioning authority when it doesn't feel right for you, and also how, you know, kind of maybe even going down some nonlinear career paths and just following the breadcrumbs, you know, the intuitive breadcrumbs that lead us to where we're supposed to be, uh, the way that can be our strength and something that helps our life and instead of something that um, is maybe not working or is going to ruin our life, like some people might say. Um, the intuitive path is not always logical. Um, miracles and magic happen on the intuitive path when we believe in, in that. Um, and so I'd love to hear Diana's story today. I know it's going to be inspiring for many. So welcome, Diana. How are you today? Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. So why don't you share first about how you help people as a life coach and holistic therapist? Yeah, sure. Um, so I do transformational coaching and holistic therapies. So I like to um, remove, I guess, the conscious and subconscious blockages that hold people back from um, really going after the things that they want and chasing their dreams. So um, I guess the modalities that I generally work with are hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I'm currently learning a little bit of breath work as well and yoga and meditation. So um, yeah, I guess I've developed a signature program here in Australia at the moment, post COVID, there was some really fascinating statistics jumping around about um, how dissatisfied people are with life. And it turns out 93% of people um, when they were surveyed, reported that what was going on for them was they were acting out of financial constraint or obligation to somebody else rather than their life passions. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty scary statistic when you think about it. 93% of people, mm -hmm. um, yeah, don't tap into that intuition and don't have the courage to follow what they want or their circumstances really just don't allow them to. So, yeah, that's pretty much the crux of my work at the moment. I love it. I love it. You're setting people free, setting people free. That's a, that's the important uh, work of a life coach, I believe, is is to help um, those who are drawn to to work with us to help them know what they really want um, mm -hmm. at that spiritual level and and who they really are. I think a lot of people 
don't ask that question, but more and more people are. So really great that you're doing that work over in Australia. And I'm, I'm sure you're available online as well. So um, why don't you share a little bit about what brought you to the work? There's always an inspiration or a calling for those that want to serve in this way. So you have a very interesting story about finding holistic therapies to heal yourself. Do you want to share a little bit about your journey? Yeah, sure. Um, when I was 14 years old, I developed a really severe eating disorder. And um, culturally, my family didn't understand what I was going through. Um, basically, I was told it was mind over matter and to snap out of it. And the solution was to force feed me or um, tell me to um, deal with it in different ways than what I wanted. And I think another layer of complexity was culturally you know, mental health issues were considered taboo. There was a strong religious tendency towards um, the Greek Orthodox Church, um, which is very, very um, stringent in the way that it views things as well. And um, it was quite painful for me, to be perfectly honest. There was a period of my life there where um, I think a lot of my eating disorder, looking back, was probably about blocking out some of the things that I was experiencing um, and being a little bit more on the sensitive side of things as well. And that was the only strategy that I had at that point to really deal with it. So um, when I was 21 years old, I moved out of home. And that was when I really started trying to heal the damage that I had done to my body and get help. Um, and I approached a number of general practitioners. And through that experience, um, what would happen, I didn't have a lot of resources. Um, I was a student supporting myself and um, paying my own rent, paying for my school books, paying for my own food and trying to do this at the same time. And I think not having a huge amount of resources to throw at my healing journey, um, which is really common for a lot of people I've learned, um, put me in a situation where I really had to just rely on what the doctors were telling me for a little bit. And their solution was to try various types of anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants. And what I noticed was that as I was taking them, they were actually making my symptoms worse or they were introducing other complications. Um, like for me, I'm normally a really energetic person and love doing lots of things, but I would find that I needed to sleep pretty much constantly to feel okay or um, I'd get heart palpitations, or there was one medication where I remember getting like a zapping sensation from the front of my head to the back of my neck. And it was just such a terrible thing to be going through. Um, and I was really terrified that I was never gonna heal because I wasn't responding to the treatment. I couldn't get access here in Australia. We've got um, mental health care plans where you're entitled to six subsidized sessions with a psychologist um, and I think psychology is really useful but six sessions to deal with the problem as complex as an eating disorder that's lasted nearly a decade probably isn't sufficient um, and yeah it was a pretty dark period I met my first boyfriend or my first serious boyfriend um, probably about a year after I moved out of home and it was actually him and his mum and his sister who were really into holistic therapies and yoga. And um, I remember his sister was a crystal healer and his mum was deeply into meditation and um, different forms of therapeutic work that were a bit, I guess, alternative. And that really introduced me to yoga. And through yoga, 
I started engaging with the philosophy. I got really addicted to it. Um, I started doing like six or seven classes a week. I would go into the studio and it was this weird thing, like where I realised that my entire life or that whole period of my life, I had just been hovering around the outside of my body. I hadn't been in my physical body and it was like this beautiful gift that had been handed to me that taught me how to tap into myself again and reintroduce that mind-body connection and allow me to actually feel. And it was quite, I, I wish that there was a way of having tracked it from the start um, and showing what this has done physically over time. But um, what I noticed was there was like almost an unraveling. And in yoga, they talk about how energy is stored in different parts of your body. And um, it can sometimes reflect emotional blockages or other things that are going on for you. But it was like this um, continued unraveling of all of this stuff that had been held in my body for years. And um, I think that was what got me really, really intrigued. <laughs> and um, I started exploring meditation um, I got into seeing kinesiologists and um, I started working with a psychologist because through work I was able to access um, a psychologist free which was fantastic so that was really helpful um, and then started using different natural therapies to heal my digestion so um, taking different herbs and things like that um, back in 2014 2015 I went over to an Ayurvedic ashram in the south of India and I did my yoga teacher training. And, um, yeah, I think eating all of the Ayurvedic food and um, really focusing on my nutrition a lot and looking at the way different foods respond to me was an absolute lifesaver for me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Isn't it interesting, you know, those ancient, those ancient medicines talk so much about diet and so much about what we put into our bodies. And the, the Hippocratic oath is, you know, let thy food, not, not the oath, but uh, Hippoc Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine. And yet mm -hmm. Western medicine has seems to have forgotten that a lot. So while it's so good for other things, it forgets about the prevention and about the long-term kind of healing of the system that if we give our bodies those things that heal it, it's going to do its job all on its own. So it sounds like you found the doorway to, to really heal yourself, mind, body, and spirit all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And that was exactly, you took the words right out of my mouth. It was, <laughs> it was like that I didn't need the medication. The food was the medicine and the medicine was learning about myself and doing that introspection and figuring out that, you know, we're not, it's not just a cookie cutter. It's not go to a doctor and here's a pill. It's okay. Well, like there's foods that you'll love that um, agree with you that don't agree with me and vice versa, you know? And like when you start looking at that and those basic life changes that you can make, it can make a world of difference. So Absolutely. Well, I love it. You're, you're a health, like a healing rebel, because you mentioned that you questioned that authority when the advice didn't feel right. And then you went your own way. And you've done that in a lot of different ways, not just with your health and, and finding holistic therapies. And as I shared before the show, that's my, my, my journey as well was like, you know, basically what I was dealing with years ago, doctors said, I don't know, eat more fiber and take these pills for the pain. And I was like, that is not enough for me. <laughs> and and yeah. I had to find that lifestyle changes that would heal. And I think that's so important 
when we're dealing with that and we're looking around for answers, especially with syndromes, chronic issues that just won't go away, undiagnosable things. So many times it's an energetic issue or a dietary issue. That's like kind of long-term shifts will totally heal. The body will totally heal itself in the mind and the spirit mm -hmm. will feel better once your body feels better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, you yeah. mentioned... Oh, I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> was, that's I okay. Gonna, I was going to ask you about how following your intuition has also helped you in your work because, you know, you were told early in life that, um, you know, if you don't focus on your career and you don't focus on the long-term plans, you're going to ruin your life. And so how has just following the yes to different career paths served you up until now? Like still you're a public policy writer and very proudly, you know, help with environmental issues and things like that. And now you're also helping people on that personal level. So can you share how that that journey to just listening to your spirit all along the way has lead, led to a sense of professional success and professional satisfaction as well? Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the big things, I lost a lot of friends in my early 20s, to be perfectly honest, because they didn't understand. And I probably didn't explain in the way that I'm able to today um, that a lot of people just dropped off and they didn't understand because I started um, doing things like going off to India or um, I'd come to Melbourne and I'd work for a short period and then go back to Bali. And um, I think everybody else was so focused on doing things like building their career, taking a really um, strong career trajectory towards where they wanted to go, having a fixed end point, saving their money, buying a house. And, you know, that is pretty standard for a lot of people, you know. And um, they were saying to me, you're going to jeopardise everything for yourself. You're not going to build your career. You're going to find yourself um, in 10 years' time in a really difficult circumstance and um, you'll look back and have a lot of regrets. And it didn't pan out that way at all. And um, I think it's really important to be willing to take the road track. And we all have a unique journey and different opportunities will present to you in your lifetime. And it's about being open to them and not having that those blinkers on because if you've got those blinkers on, you close yourself off from everything else beautiful that could flow into your life that is actually destined for you in this lifetime. Um, and I, yeah, I found with my journey, I had some truly magical experiences. They were bizarre. Like, and it was like every time I stepped away from my career, there would be something that threw me back into it at the same time. And I was like, hang on, I should really be listening to that. Like, I'm not meant to go completely down this journey of yoga and meditation because for some reason I keep getting drawn back into this policy space. So listen to that. Um, I can give you an example of a magical experience if you like. Please do. Um, we like those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, back, I think it was 2016, I um, was feeling a bit stressed out because I was, I had bitten off a bit too much, to be perfectly honest. I um, was trying to set up a yoga studio and was teaching yoga. I was doing a part-time law degree and I was working full-time and um, also supporting myself outside of that with not a lot of um, support from external sources. So um, I got really bent out and I was talking to one of my yoga masters and he had trained as a criminal lawyer and he used to go into the slums of India and help people who were um, in desperate need of legal aid and 
um, really had fallen subject to corruption because there's a lot of nonsense that goes on. And um, yeah, he would go in and um, really help people who were in desperate need of assistance. And every time I got stressed out with my law degree, I would call him because he would always keep me back on focus and remind me why I started what I was doing. And um, that for my education, even though it was painful at times um, for me to be doing, that there was some value in it and um, it would help me understand the world a little bit better and help people more down the track. And um, he said to me, I'm setting up a yoga school in India. Why don't you um, transfer into an online program and uh, come over here and help me set up the yoga school and you can just study online and that way you can just focus on yoga and study and you'll be able to deepen your practice and um, we'll figure it all out when you get here just come and I was like brilliant so, <laughs> sounds like um, a plan <laughs> jumped at the opportunity <laughs> yeah um, I jumped at the opportunity I put all of my stuff um, I left it with a friend and um, it all went into storage and I went into uni and I asked him if I could transfer into the online version of my program I was doing a face-to-face -face and I um, tied up my lease and I booked some flights and I thought I'll go over to um, Bali and I'll just relax for a little bit I'll give myself a month or so there where I read through like a lot of my textbooks and just de-stress from everything that's been going on. And I know the cost of living there is much cheaper, <laughs> so it'll be okay. I can sustain myself for a month and then um, I'll fly over to India and keep going on the next leg of this journey. And when I got to Bali, I got an email from my uni um, after I had made the application to transfer and I didn't realise that I had a sponsored place when they gave me the initial advice. So... What ended up happening was it turned out I couldn't actually transfer into the online program without losing my sponsored place. And that was going to increase my course cost threefold. So it was a pretty significant um, decision to make. And um, I was sitting there and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to offer my question to spirit and I don't know what to do. I hope that something comes up and I'm sure a solution will present itself. And I was doing lots of meditation and just reading and yoga, meditation, reading, yoga, meditation, reading, and singing mantras on repeat. And um, it was bizarre. Within the space of a week, I met maybe three or four different people on completely exclusive events who all handed me the details of an astrologer. <laughs> and they all were gushing about the experience that they had with him. And they were saying, you've got to go and see this astrologer. And I was like, okay. And when the fourth person said it to me, I was like, all right, this is the good divine yeah. guidance that I've been asking for it's like smacking me in the face and I organized an appointment and I sat down with this astrologer and his name was Ashish and I've never experienced something so beautiful in my life it was literally like somebody had zipped off my human avatar and he, all he had was the details of my birthplace um, my birth time and my birth date I hadn't given him anything else he didn't know me from a bar of soap and he sat there and he did my Vedic chart and it was literally like someone had just gazed into my mind and soul and put everything on a piece of paper in front of me without having any context. And I think that that really um, opened my eyes up to the fact that this stuff isn't hocus pocus. It's not nonsense. There are things that we don't know and there's ancient practices out there that are incredible. And I don't, you know, 
I don't personally identify with any one religion, but I have a lot of respect for all religions because I know that there's a lot of power in this stuff and um, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a, an incredibly beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the wisdom and the guidance that he gave me, like he said a number of things to me when I met with him that have all come true. He said to me, the best work for you to do is energy work. And my career just has naturally evolved into that space um, and energetic healing work as well. And then um, he said to me, when you get home, you're going to have a lot of jobs. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. Just stay calm. I love it. <laughs> I got home. Oh, it was crazy. That was exactly what happened. Yeah. And um, he said to me, some things are going to happen, but you, people are going to show up that you don't expect and they're going to um, guide you to places. Just go with it. Don't push anything. Just go with it. And he said to me, um, the best way for you to start delving deeper and doing more um, therapeutic work on yourself is to actually explore meditation, keep meditating and it will heal that. Um, the issues with your stomach will go away because it's related to your mind mm -hmm. and it's that connection that you need to work on. So just meditate. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. I planned to go to um, like to fly over to Jakarta and do um, a meditation course. Have you ever heard of Vipassana meditation? Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You go into isolation. For like 10 11 days. days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I've always wanted to do it actually. Yes. Uh, very, yeah. very, very beautiful stuff. Yeah. You go into this weird little bubble and you're not allowed to make eye contact with people. Um, you're not allowed to have any phone. You're not allowed to have a journal or anything with you. It, and the idea is to propel you into a state of suffering. So the only way you can bring yourself out of it is through doing the meditation technique that they teach you. And um, I've organized a lift for myself to get, when I got to Jakarta, to go to this meditation place or the Vipassana, Dharma Java Vipassana. And um, when I got there, the lady that I had organized to meet didn't show up. And it was getting quite late in the day. And I didn't know Jakarta's not Bali. It's um, a highly Muslim population. So it's got a much more conservative feel to it. And um, people don't speak English as much as in Bali. There's, um, yeah, it's a very different sort of dynamic. Um, yeah, <laughs> I jumped. I was asking around about how to get to Chawi, which was where the meditation center was. And um, I was told, jump on this bus and go right to the end. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. So that's what I did. And I was singing a mantra when I got on the bus because I was so terrified again. And when I got to the end of the bus line, I realized that I was in the middle of nowhere. The sun was going down. It was oh, no. dusk. <laughs> there was, they have what's called taxi mafia over there. So there was a group of guys in the corner that were saying, oh, Vipassana, Vipassana, come with us, come with us. <laughs> and they didn't look very friendly. And there was one other guy who came up to me and he said to me, um, can you please, um, yeah, come with me. I promise I'm not going to hurt you. You're okay. You'll be safe. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll figure it out. And I checked my phone. I didn't have any reception. He said, look, you're not in a safe area. You need to, you need some help. I promise I'm not going to hurt you. Um, they don't speak English. I do. Where are you trying to go? And he said, I showed him the address and he said, okay, I've got a car coming. And this, he said, just jump in the car with me and come with me. I was like, all right. So this black SUV pulls up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm actually going to oh die. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got no idea where I am. And I jumped in the car. 
And he looks at me, he goes, it's okay, it's okay. And he pulls out his business card and passes it to me. And he was an expert in urban planning policy and climate change, which were the areas that I worked in and had studied in. And I just looked at him and I started laughing. I was like, this is so funny because I had been trying to find somebody that I could talk to about all of those issues while I was in Bali. And it was just like, huh this meshing. <laughs> and um, he gave me his details and he said to me, look, it really interesting to keep talking and work on projects together. Um, here's my details and call me when you get back to Australia. And um, it was incredible. Like he went up with an informal mentor to me um, and a really long-standing friend. And he taught me about like how policy works over in Indonesia and was kind enough to share a lot of his knowledge about um, how policy is formulated, how government projects are put together in developing world, um, all of those sorts of things, which was things that I had been looking into but was never able to find the answers around. I was just like, okay, so maybe I am meant to juggle these two things, you know, like that's from my perspective a pretty blatant sign that, you know, that there is some purpose to this. Like it was incredibly bizarre. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And it really is. Life does reveal itself to us and we don't always have to figure it out. I mean, usually we don't need to figure anything out. We just say yes to what feels like the yes and, and what makes sense that synchronicity will show up and that sense of purpose. If you want to live that life of purpose, it's like, yes, this is where I feel it. Um, I think when we get in our heads and we get in, that's when we get indecisive. And so thank you for sharing that story. I mean, that's amazing. That really is magic and miracles, how things just fell into place and how awesome yeah. that you met the astrologer that helped kind of <laughs> prepare you for all of that. Um, because you've got a book in you for sure, sharing all those, yeah. all those adventures. But yeah. um, before we run out of time today, I'd love to talk to you about how the challenges or indecision shows up for you these days, because you mentioned, even though you've experienced all these magic and miracles in your life, you'll still spend a lot of time weighing on decisions. So can you share just briefly about how that challenges you recently? And, and maybe we can get you some inspiration today with the cards to help. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I'd love that. <laughs> um, I think the big thing is making sure that I'm doing these things, but also taking care of myself. And um, I've found something that's showing up for me is a lot of workplaces don't want people who work part-time in my this other calling as well which is the life coaching and the holistic therapy side of things so it's a bit of a juggling act and I love doing both things so um I guess yeah that's where the indecision comes in like how to prioritize one thing over another how to keep everybody happy how to fulfill all of your obligations um, while you're doing all of the things that you love, because it's not just about you. It's about making sure that you're able to deliver a service that, you know, is a really high quality service that's focused on the person and their needs. And um, then at the same time, you know, you've got bosses and moral obligations to do the right thing for your employer as well. So there's that side of stuff. So I think for me, it's, um, that's the biggest challenge that I experience personally. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm trying to do to offset that is just be mindful of how I'm, um, I guess, sort of delegating my time and spreading myself between things and learning where my limits are and accepting that and not judging myself for it and being really kind to myself about it. And if it means that I can only um, help one or two people at a time or per week, then I have to be 
like really mindful of that and restrict myself to that. Or um, alternatively, you know, with work, I used to have a big tendency to overwork and spend like 15 hours at my desk. So, you know, going, okay, I'm here for my employer. I'm employed from nine to five and that's what I'm meant to work. I'm not meant to be sitting here getting lost in (laughs) other stuff because that takes away from the other things that I could be doing there. So, yeah. That that makes sense. That makes sense. And and I'm looking at the cards that I've pulled for you today and it definitely, you know, your whole story is, is very interesting because you did kind of set out on your own and allow life to reveal itself to you. Didn't take the safe route in any way, shape or form. So I see the, I've got my wild woman card and also my beauty way card crossing that. So that to me, that says your kind of wild nature that just wants to do all the things and has all that energy and really does enjoy and find beauty in all the things. It's not like you're torn between, oh, this toxic dysfunctional thing that's not good for me. And then what what I love, it's, it's both. So the sense of purpose. Um, but I do see some elements of people pleasing or um, wanting to, you mentioned like doing the right thing, et cetera. And, and right at the end of what you were saying, I, I, I heard something come out of that, that it's even, even kind of like when we get into that workaholic or we're doing too much work or sitting at our desk for 15 hours, it's almost like a, per, uh, it's an, a boundary issue with our self-care where we're wanting to go the extra mile. We're wanting to do such a good job that no one can question that, not even ourselves. So I feel mm-hmm. as you're going forward to find this balance, the best thing you can do is is trust that whenever you start to feel that way or you're going in that direction. So basically make the decisions based on your inner yes and don't worry too much about the long term because the issue is in the short term, how you deal with those moments where you feel exhausted. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I think that's, yeah. That sounds really yeah. resonates with me a lot. So. Good, yeah. It's just like you just give your all, give your all. So when you get off track, the biggest um, opportunity there um, could you could look at an obstacle or an op- opportunity is to to go into your inner witness. And here comes the meditation again, getting very mindful with yourself and your needs for balance. What do I need to do now to set some of this down and, and take some time because you're purpose driven, and that will take over your conscious awareness of your own inner balance, which is, it's the superhero syndrome. Like I I can do all the things, but it's like, oh, we're still human and we still have these needs, but um, your, your higher self can always help you make these decisions as well. And I see you coming into a time of really learning how you operate um, internally and externally with all the stuff that you've already learned. There's a healing, um, a healing kind of journey coming up for you, and it's it's a temporary change, kind of like a vipassana, or kind of like a, um, a a course of study to get a different perspective. And so I feel that anything that comes up for you that feels like a yes for you, and there may be multiple opportunities, make sure you're saying yes because you've got some perspective on the other side of that. So I don't know if you're going into even, you know, I, basically I get my sweat lodge card. So that means like a time of going in and, and shedding some things that don't work for you anymore and learning more about how your system works on the inside and outside. So I don't know what you've got planned or coming up, or maybe it's going to come at you like so many things have, but um, yeah, that's what I'm getting for you today. That's really exciting. 
I'm intrigued to see what happens. Um, maybe it's tied in. I think, yeah, before the show started, I mentioned I've been experimenting a bit with breath work at the moment. Hopefully it's related to that. Who knows? Yeah, well, it has to do with working with the subconscious and conscious self. So whatever's underneath and whatever's over. And I think breath work, especially um, in any anytime we're delving into the nervous system work, it does have to do with working with the somatic body and the mind at the same time. So that would make sense. That would absolutely make sense. <laughs> Thank you so much, Molly. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Your energy is lovely and I love your story. So thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for having me on. <laughs> you're welcome. And where can people find out more about you if they're interested online? Um, I have my own website. It's just www.dianaarlett.com. And I'm also on Instagram. So my handle is diana.arlett or um, the life coaching program is align underscore with underscore purpose. <laughs> love it. Well, that's perfect for you, right? You're the purpose queen here. So I love it. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Well, thank thanks. you again. You're welcome. And hey, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.